Welcome to Heart to Heart Canine and Rescue Dogs Responsibilities podcast. I'm Julie Hart, dog trainer, rehabilitator, and rescuer. This week, my guest is Debbie Johnson of Dog on Canine Trapping. She's going to give us some really good insight and procedures to follow if you know of a lost dog in your area or you lose your own dog. She's been trapping dogs for five years, and I met Debbie while I was doing a workshop for her rescue group in Idaho, and I really appreciated her knowledge around dog trapping. Many people think I know how to trap dogs since I do feral dog rehab, but I have only had to trap two dogs. Usually the feral dogs I get are already at the shelter when I start rehabilitating them. Here's my conversation with Debbie Johnson. I hope you find it useful and educational. I'm happy to have Debbie Johnson here from Idaho. She does dog trapping. And I met Debbie when I went up to Idaho to do a workshop. She hosted me up there. And I realized she had skills that I thought needed to be spread around because you've been trapping dogs. How long, Debbie? About five years now. Five years. From your Facebook page, I've seen that you go pretty much all over the Northwest to do this. Is that right? I try to stay mostly in Idaho. Uh, I'm very close to Oregon, so I will go over to Oregon and do some trapping. I uh, try to stay fairly close to Idaho, but if there's a dog in need, I certainly want to go try and help it. How did you get into this? I mean, it's not something people say, I want to go and trap loose dogs, right? Like, how did no. you get into it? <laughs> um, well, it started out, um, someone needed some help trapping a cat. And so I would go out and try helping, you know, we would go out and trap some feral cats for TNR. And it just was fun. I just liked that. I like trapping the cats and it just evolved into doing the dogs. I would see the lost dog posts and everyone was chasing and trying to catch a dog and doing everything wrong, calling its name and running it out of the area. It was making the dog more scared. So it just evolved into that. And then I took a class to learn how to trap dogs and uh, it just mushroomed from there. Wow. I didn't know there were... Well, I know one class, but where did you take yours? It was online. It's called Missing Animal Response Network. I'll, I'll look it up and try and put a link in the uh, description for this. Yeah, that, that'd be a good idea. Didn't even know there was a class online. Yeah, yeah. There's so. another um, another place in uh, Arizona. I took that one of their classes too. You had to gather some equipment, I reckon. I did. Um, the traps are not cheap. Your larger traps are around five hundred dollars. Um, I use the true catch traps. You know, there's it's quite an investment at the beginning to get all the traps. You have to have cameras. You, I always have a trap, a live trap under with a camera, mm-hmm. so I'm always watching it. I've got people that monitor at night with me, so each one of us will take an hour out of the night time and check the trap, see if the dog's in it or not. Or a cat. I catch a lot of cats that I have to go at two or three in the morning and let a cat out of a trap and reset the trap. Yeah, the investment is quite a bit at the beginning. I also have bought a little trailer for when I have to trap out of town. Oh, wow. And I've got 
all my traps with me. I've got all my equipment and I can just hook up the trailer and go with that. Wow. You're like a traveling trapper. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I wish I could travel more. I really do. I love it. I love to travel and I love to uh, trap the dogs. It's fun. And so what kind of cameras do you use? Do you use like trail cameras or? Yes, I'm using trail cameras. They're uh, cellular. So you get the pictures pretty, pretty much instantly on those. Yeah. Yeah, we we actually hook some up to our fence. So like it'll photos whenever we get one, but you guys still go physically check the traps as well. Yes. Yes. I imagine you have to pay for the cellular service, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have to pay monthly on it. And how do you how do you pay for this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I pay for it out of my own pocket. A lot of stuff. I do fundraisers if I have to purchase a new trap or a new camera. I will do fundraisers. The Boise community is really supportive with all the trapping, and they do step up when there's a fundraiser to help an animal. Nice, nice. Yeah. And you, um, don't you have like a Venmo? I do. I have Venmo, and I have, have PayPal. Would you like me to send you the links? And I'll put them in the description for the podcast too, in case every anyone wants to donate. So my Venmo is at Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E dash Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N dash 220. By now, people probably know about you. you know? Uh, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting more well-known. Yeah. On my branding. Facebook helps a lot with that. Yeah. And then when I have uh, helped people, then it's word of mouth. They let other people know that that what I do and that I'm available. And do you charge? Like if it's, I'm just curious, if someone contacts you and they've lost their dog and you help trap it, do you charge a fee or you just do this all? I don't charge a fee. I do it strictly on donations. So yeah. some people can afford to give me a donation and some people can't. And yeah. those that can't, I'd rather that they got their dog back safe than something happened to the dog because they didn't have any money. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And do you mostly do lost dogs or do you also trap feral dogs? So tell me some of the interesting, interesting um, cases. <laughs> the dogs that I will work on um, that I want to offer help on are the dogs that have been lost from a babysitter, from a dog sitter. Mm. They're in an area where they're unfamiliar. They don't know the area at all. Dogs from auto accidents. And oh. again, they don't know the area. They're scared. Um, those are the ones that I'll offer help on. Most generally, if the dog is just, you know, gotten out of a residence area, out of their house, then I don't worry too much about those unless the owner reaches out to me. Uh-huh. Um, once they do, then, you know, I coach them on getting up posters. You want to get up bright posters with your dog's picture on it and say that it's missing. You never want to put the dog's name in the post. You never put want to put them on the posters or a flyer. You don't want people calling the dog's name. They're in the fight or flight mode and calling their name scares them even more. Even with an owner, if an owner even calls their name, they at that point, they don't even realize they have an owner. They're just trying to survive. So they will uh, take off. Oh, Super important, right? Yes, that is. Oh. 
the number one thing that I tell people is do not call their name. And a lot of people are, oh, no, no, my, I'm bonded with my dog. It'll come back to me and stuff. And and it doesn't, you know, yeah. it'll, opportunity will come up and they'll call its name and it'll take off. Right. And then the dog just runs like further away. Yes. Yes. Walk me through like your, you know, step-by-step of how you go about finding a lost dog. From the very beginning? Sure. Someone contacts me? Yeah. Okay. So someone will contact me through Facebook or call me and let me know that they're missing their dog. Or I'll see a post a lot of times too where a dog has gotten loose or is scared in an area, in an unfamiliar area. So I'll reach out. And the first thing I do is I tell people, do not call its name. Yeah. You want to get a scent station going at the area of loss. And uh, I will put a lot of times uh, food out and put a camera on it. Before I set a trap anytime, I want to make sure the dog is in the area. So I'll start with just a food drop and a camera just to ensure that the dog is there. Mm-hmm. Once it does show up on the camera, then I will set the trap. But prior to that, um, I'll tell the owners to get up their bright posters. You can go get poster paper from a dollar store. It's really cheap. Right. Cut it in half. Just put missing dog or lost dog on the top of it. Put their picture in a sheet protector and your phone number down below. That's it. Just keep them very simple. You want them large. So as people are driving by, they see them and it's quick to see. If you put a flyer up, just the eight by 10 piece of paper flyer, it's too small. People don't see it. They don't even realize what it is as they're driving by. The flyers are to hand out to people. If you're out looking for your dog, be productive. Have those flyers with you. Stop everybody. Tell them your dog's missing. Mm. Tell them about your dog. Uh, While you're out looking, if it's treat motivated, take a bag, a treat bag, and rattle it. That can lure them in. If they like squeaky toys, take a squeaky toy and squeak it. Mm. Um, That can get their attention as well. So that's what we start with is the posters. And then we start getting sightings. And then once we get the sightings, then I'll go out and talk to people and ask permission to put a trap on their property or a food drop with a camera. Always ask for permission. Right. <laughs> never, uh, never set a trap without permission. And someone knows what I'm doing. Do you ask the neighbors around you like not to feed the dog you want yes station in one spot yes yeah yeah one once a trap is set or the food drops out then yeah we'll we'll use next door a lot too so Mm. people post in next door hey if you're feeding this dog quit you know trying to live trap it so yeah we'll use next door a lot yeah yeah i don't want people feeding uh, once I get the trap out there. And do you find you need to like camouflage the trap or I know you no. mentioned liquid smoke to me one time. What is that for? Oh yes. My liquid smoke. <laughs> so once a trap is set, then I will go out with bacon and I've got a little butane burner that I'll take that out. I'll cook bacon at the <laughs> side and drizzle grease around the trap and put the bacon in the trap and uh, oh spray, yeah, then spray liquid smoke around 
it attracts them. It's the smell is so pungent that it'll attract the dog to the trap. And you don't use much liquid smoke. Matter of fact, I even water it down. Mm. Uh, it is so strong and yeah. dogs can smell. And yeah. the other thing too is in like in the summertime when it's hot, if you ever put water out for a dog, you want to put it in plastic, they can smell water in plastic much further than they can on metal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just that's another little trick. Yeah. So and then it's just a waiting game, basically, or it is a waiting game. Yep. That's exactly what it is. We just keep monitoring the cameras and the trap and see, you know, when when a dog's near it. So it's pretty exhilarating when you see the dog starting to come towards the trap. Yeah. And you're, you're just almost holding your breath because you just know it's going to go in. Then some will go in part way. They'll do the stretch. We call it the stretch. And they'll try to get as much food as they can out of the back of that trap. Yeah. Without setting off that foot plate. So they'll do the stretch a little bit and then they'll kind of circle the trap a little bit more, trying to figure out another way to be able to get that food. So, and then pretty soon, finally, they will end up going in the trap. And uh, the best sound is when that door slams shut. It is finally, it's over. You're, I'm happy. I've had fun trapping two dogs and I learned a lot. One was a dog who had been previously feral at the shelter and had been rehabilitated enough to put him in a foster home. And he managed to squeeze out of rod iron gate that I think the width was like four inches. Yes, those the rod iron actually spreads. I was out on a looking for a lost dog one time and I, I was at the people's house that lost the dog and I was looking over the area and seeing where it got out and it squeezed in between those wrought irons and that's what happens is as they start to go through it they move they're not solid so that's how that dog got out and then of course he quickly he was he had only been there like a day right but I said well leave food out and something that smells like him on the porch and they actually tried to chase him and they tried to catch him. He actually bit the husband because they cornered him in a backyard and tried to tackle him kind of thing. Yes. Um, yes. So they don't don't try to do that. <laughs> it wasn't bad, you know, and the dog isn't aggressive, but he was he was scared. Right. Yeah. That didn't work. And so then I said, well, leave some stuff on the porch. They happen to have a ring camera that we could see the entire porch with. And of course, then if there was movement, it would go off and the people were inside the house so they could see that he was coming and eating the food. Right. And I borrowed the, a trap, a large trap from another rescue, put it on the porch and I put a blanket over the the plate and that little booger. So I, I didn't I put the food on the blanket. Right. Uh-huh. That's exactly out. what he did. <laughs> I had a I had a border collie one time pull it out of the back of the trap. What? Little tiny opening, like not even two inches. And he pulled that blanket out. I use a towel. Right. And he pulled that towel out from the back of the trap and ate the food. <laughs> I've never had another dog do that before. So 
And yeah. so I was like, okay, well, that's not going to work, right? <laughs> so then the next night, I don't know, this went on for like maybe two nights. I was trying to figure out how to get the dog to go all the way in. I mean, he knew, but he didn't want to go all mm-hmm. the way in, right? And so I ended up actually zip tying raw meat on the bottom of the trap in the very back. Uh-huh. And he couldn't get around it because it was against the house. So he uh-huh. had to go in. Uh-huh. And that then we caught him. Um, <laughs> but so the the funniest thing, and maybe you you've experienced this, is that after he was trapped, he was more domesticated than before he was trapped. Like instantly. And I don't know if that's because he was loose running around and having to survive. And it's and it's some somewhat of a finally I can relax, you know. Um, now what I experience most of the time is they are mad when I trap them. <laughs> they are very upset. They are yeah. scared. They don't know what happened to them. They can't get out. They can't run anymore. I have them just the opposite. They're usually very very upset and very aggressive in the trap. I've had one, I've only had one that actually trying to lift the trap, she was going for our fingers. She was going to grab our fingers. So that one was a little tricky. Since then, I've gotten Kevlar gloves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So for next time, I have the gloves for that. But yeah, he probably, probably was just defeated. Probably was just like, oh, okay, well. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. No more fight left in him. Well, and so that brings up then after you trap the dog, what do you do? I, I load him in the vehicle. I never take a dog out of the trap in the field. It has to be in a secured area because once you've trapped a dog, generally it's you could trap them a second time, but you don't want to. It's going to wow. take a lot longer if you have to trap them a second time. So just for safety, I will load the trap and all in my vehicle, bring it to the house, get them in the garage, close the door, and then get them out of the trap in the secured garage. Yeah. Do they usually want to come out or no, just no, open it and let them come out on their own time? Um, no, I'll usually throw a slip lead on them um, in the trap and get them out on a slip lead. Mm. Some. Some will resist me. They don't want to come out. Some come out running, trying to get away from me still. Right. So just depends. Depends on the dog, the size of the dog. I haven't had any so far that I've felt really threatened by. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm I'm afraid to take them out of the trap. Um, right. Some of them I've left in the trap a little bit longer just to let them settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, but most generally, once you get them in the trap, get them in the garage, then they, they settle down pretty good. And is there a difference dogs that have escaped from an, a home, you know, that have been a pet versus dogs that have been feral for a longer time? Have you noticed a difference in how long it takes to trap them or anything like that? You know, I really haven't. Each dog is just individual. Doesn't doesn't really matter what the situation is they're coming from. A lot of times your feral dogs are a little bit more street savvy, so it might take a little bit more time to get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because the other thing, too, is they know where their food sources are. Yeah. You know, they've got an endless supply. 
one of the dogs that I trapped over in Oregon, she had been out for about a month. And she, the only thing that was available for her to eat had to have been mice and gophers. She was in a very rural area. There was absolutely no, no food. No one was feeding her. And um, that was an interesting one because the night that she went, she went actually by the trap. She would be gone all during the day. And I'm sure she was hunting. Then as she come back that night, it was dark. And I saw her on the camera go past the trap. And then the next fri- next picture is she's turned around to come back to the trap, but she was so focused on surviving that she just went right past the trap, didn't even pay attention to it until she caught the whiff of, of food. And then she went back and I had her. She's the one that was so mad. She was going to eat our fingers. <laughs> she was pissed. <laughs> So obviously, if you're trapping dogs who are lost, they go back to the owners. They go back to the owners, yes. Uh-huh. If there uh-huh. is no owner or if the dog's not chipped and I can't scan it and find a chip to locate an owner, then they go to the shelter. Some dogs are in areas that we don't have a shelter. The shelters won't take them. Um, they're rural. So... I'm fortunate enough that the rescue I am part of will take those in, get them adopted out. I will advertise them for at least 30 days or longer Mm. in as many sites as I can looking for the owner. I want to reunite the dog with the owner. That's number one, first thing I want to do. But some you can't. Some, Some have been dumb and some just don't. The owners don't care anymore. I've had some owners just say, I don't want the dog back. Just keep it. Yeah, that happens a lot in New Mexico if the dogs escape and they end up at the shelter. I think only 10% of the dogs that come into that shelter are ever reclaimed. Are you kidding? No, it's pretty low. Yeah. And, you know, most of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. You could come here and we could have a trapping fest. Oh, (laughs) God, I would have so much fun, but we got to have some place to put them. Right? I know that. Well, that's the problem, right? Is people who can rehab dogs like this or, or have time and all that are limited too. So we can only do so yeah. many time. How do you interact with like animal control and, and all of that while you're doing this? You want to let them know you're trying to trap the dog, I assume. Um, I don't, I don't alert animal control to what I'm doing. Most of the time when people reach out to me, it's an individual's dog and they're, they want my help on it. I will look at, I'll watch the uh, shelter's websites for their intakes on dogs just to see if a dog I'm looking for that they have picked it up or not. Um, The animal control in one of the smaller towns here will call me when they need a dog trap. So I'll go out and I work with them. Some of the animal controls in the area I don't necessarily work so closely with. Mm-hmm. I never tell them that um, I'm working on a dog. Probably if the people are calling you, they maybe have already called animal control and not had success. I mean, reality is animal control doesn't have the amount of time maybe it would take. And that's just it. They don't. They don't have the time or the equipment. You know, they yeah. don't. Our animal control in Boise does have traps. And they will set traps. I don't know if they have cameras or not. But the other 
towns that I work with and stuff, they only have like cat traps. They only have real small traps. Well, yeah, because the big ones are expensive. Yes, they are. And, you know, (laughs) this is cities that, you know, it's a city budget. They don't have a lot of money. And the other thing, too, is it's not that important about a dog. What the heck? Right. I hear it all the time. Oh, it'll go home. Just leave it alone. It'll go home. It'll find its home. A lot of them get hit. We've had last week, we just had three dogs that were hit by cars and they didn't survive. They died. It's important to get out there and get those dogs off the streets. Yeah. And I know around here, well, not so much where in Albuquerque, but you know, in in the more rural areas, there's packs of dogs. So if your dog gets loose, it could be attacked by other dogs. I mean, who knows what, right? Like who knows what happens. The other dog I trapped was a really interesting case. It was a dog of a very kind lady had gotten off the reservation. But at the time the dog was feral, I still don't know how they got the dog to her house because she lived in Albuquerque. The dog was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years old at this point. Somehow she escaped from the courtyard and she ended up at a house like four blocks away across a pretty major road, which Mm -hmm. I was impressed about that she went that far and safely and she ended up in someone else's backyard (laughs) ah easy yeah well (laughs) and she finally contacted me because she knew someone I knew you know and said well call Julie right and I'm like I go out there and this backyard she was caught in it was like a hoarder's backyard there was everywhere that she could hide behind and under and and I'm not sure I think the lady may have had some drug addiction issues Um, yeah and she came out in the backyard to talk to us and I'm like just go back inside please. (laughs) we don't need you out here (laughs) and of course I didn't have a trap all we had was crates but I had a lot of like puppy pens and things I watched her in this backyard and yeah, we were lucky because she couldn't escape the backyard and she had this pattern, right? And she would go back to the safe place in the corner Uh when she got really scared. And so we ended up kind of putting the puppy pen around that area and then the crate, like she finally went in there and then we quickly closed up that area. So her only way out was back in the crate. Yeah. And I had two other dog people with me that I trusted and I knew when freak out or they would be calm about this. Right. And a rotisserie chicken. And yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about the bacon, but yeah, we managed to get her to go in there. And yeah, there was like a real rush of like dopamine or something, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, and you watch you watch them as they're getting close. You know, I mean, you can just feel the adrenaline starting to go. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a thrill. Yeah, and I forgot earlier when we were talking about the bacon and stuff. I forgot to mention about the hot dogs and chicken too. Oh yeah, you use those as well. Yeah, yeah. So you want to use very high value food when you're putting food in the trap. So I'll use hot dogs and chicken. Good smelly, like. Yeah. Yeah. Costco hot dogs are the stinkiest hot dogs. They really have an odor to them. (laughs) Well, I don't know what it is with rotisserie chicken that you buy from the grocery. I don't know what they put on that, but. I know something about it. 
Someone was telling me that they put some kind of uh, preservative or something on the chicken. Mm. So, you know, like an addictive type thing to where people just. <laughs> MSG. One of those. Yeah. One of those. You got to have it. Thing. Whatever they put on Doritos, you know, like. So how long is there like an average time it takes once the dog notices the trap and knows it's there? Is there a time it takes like hours, days? Mm, generally, if the dog has discovered the trap and they're interested in the food, it doesn't take very long. Mm. A lot of times on my trapping, I've had a dog trapped within 30 minutes. Do they find the trap and that there's food in there? So some I have had the trap out for days, but those are when you know the dog's in the area, but it's just not showing up on camera or not with the going to the trap. And a lost dog also will start a circle mm. after they're lost after a while. So you never know how big that circle is. So it could be a couple days before it might be back to that area. And that's the other thing you want to do too is track all the sightings. And if you track all of the sightings, then you'll eventually figure out this circle or what the pattern is that the mm. dog has established. So some dogs have miles and miles in their circle or in their path, and uh, some have a very short one. Mm. The key to what, you know, rehabbing them too, you kind of figure out their pattern and, mm -hmm. and work with the pattern. I think a lot of times, well, people don't have enough patience to go through that, figure out the pattern of the dog. Yeah. So that's when they end up like going into the woods and trying to call their name and then the dog just gets scared and runs further away. I know somebody called me about a case. I don't, they adopted a dog in Vermont and the dog got out and they were having a real hard time with people calling the name of the dog and, and stuff. And then the dog would run away. Yeah. That's why you never put their name out there put it on posters. I don't put it on flyers. I don't put it on my Facebook. Right. Posts. Um, and a lot of people will comment and they'll say, well, what's the dog's name? And right. I just, I'm not telling you, you don't need it. <laughs> you know? and that's, yeah, that's when I'll do the post about, I because I put, I have a link that says why you should never call a dog's name. So, and a lot wow. of people just, they don't realize that. That's, a, that's the first thing I wanted to do when I started looking for lost dogs is call their name. Well, and it's such a natural thing for us to want to do. Yes, um, yes. I know when I first moved here <laughs> and we got the fence put in, mm -hmm. uh, Tipton quickly found the way out over the fence that I didn't yeah. even, I'm like, why didn't I think of this? But we have a courtyard wall. I was going to say it was something he launched himself off yeah. of. He just yeah. jumped up there and then he found his way over real quick. And we had just moved in here and, you know, he's past feral dog. Uh-huh. He very quickly turned into that mindset and I started panicking inside, of course, right? Yeah. What actually stopped him is I said, no. Because, <laughs> 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 of course, I was a dummy and I'm like, tip didn't come, you know, uh -huh. he's escaped. And I'm like, well, maybe that'll work. Didn't work. But what worked was I said, no. Uh, he stopped. Wow. And that kind of like, reach something inside his brain right right and then activated thinking. yeah deactivated the feral dog program yes um 
And then I could, I just very slowly like walked up to him and grabbed his collar and we went back inside, but um, (laughs) you collapsed. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, I would have had to call Debbie. (laughs) 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 But I think it's interesting how quickly they can change because he knows his name. He knows how to come when called and all that like on long lines and in the yard. Lulu, my healer. She's so confident. I think if she got lost like that, she'd be like, eh, what the heck, you know, <laughs> I'll just look around. And I don't think she would be too scared. Now, Toby, my other little healer, he would panic. He would be in panic mode immediately. Yeah. So I think it depends on the dog. I've had coon hounds that decided oh, to take off in the desert. And of course, he was doing what he was bred to do for hmm, about an hour. And then I heard him go, oh, <laughs> he realized he was lost and he started to look for us. Uh-huh. Um, and then, of course, my other hound like followed his scent and we were not very far from where he was, but it was dark. We couldn't really see him. There's uh, lots of fun things with dogs escaping. <laughs> yeah. So one thing about the hounds is you can always hear them. Right. <laughs> so how come you don't do hounds anymore? There just aren't that many here. Yeah, they aren't up here. Matter of fact, when I did, um, I was looking for one and I ended up not trapping her. I had a trap set for her, but she ended up traveling, I'll bet it was 20 miles from where she originally was and where she finally ended up. And some lady and her son in one of the small towns here, she was there and they they were able to lure her and get her caught but she was out I know it was at least 20 miles she traveled those hounds when they go they are gone when you first know of a lost dog so then you might want to go and alert people a lot further away than you might think well when I when we start out we start we start in just the small area where the dog was lost Mm -hmm. so you want to go within about a four or five block radius And then if you're not getting any sightings, then you want to increase that. You want to keep going out a little bit further Mm. constantly. So, because I have had some that have migrated to a totally different area that that they're looking for, looking for their owner or just lost and they're just wandering. Towns, they could follow up whatever they find interesting, wherever it goes. Yes. What if someone doesn't have a $500 trap? Then what? Do you have suggestions like, you know, no access to it anytime soon? (laughs) Well, if a person does not have a trap, what I would suggest is try luring it into a backyard. You could Mm -hmm. could try that. Uh, Luring it someplace where it can get contained, doesn't have to be a backyard. It can be any place where it could be contained. Uh, With a small dog, I have coached people to tie a string or a rope to the door, put food in a kennel, and just you have to stay there and watch it. But yeah. once it goes in is pull that rope and secure that door. So that has worked on small dogs, but there's no way that's going to work on a big dog. Other than that, then they can start searching for a trapper in their area. Yeah. Some some trappers do travel, like I do travel if I can, and reach out to a trapper and uh, 
see what you, you know, if you can get any information from them. Have you heard of Missy traps? Yes, I have a Missy trap. Um, those actually are built. You build those. They're out of a kennel, out of a large outdoor kennel. And you have a ray tripper in the back, and that's a light. So you put it in the back, and that's where the food is. <clears throat> so when the dogs go to the back of the trap, eat that food, they hit that roach, that light, that ray tripper, and then the door will shut on them. You always want to cover the Missy trap. <clears throat> I have a net that I put over it. It doesn't climb out of it. Ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, with the Missy, I'll use the Missy for dogs that are trap savvy, ones that have been trapped and just absolutely will not go back into a box trap. I've used those. They're quite large. You have to have a good sized yard to set those up in, get cooperation from a, a land, a homeowner to right. put those Missies up. So they work very well. I've only had to use my Missy trap so far only once. But that dog, there was just no way. He would go up to the box trap. He'd sniff around it. He wouldn't even do the stretch to go in for food. He was like, nope, I don't want anything to do with that. Huh. But that was also in a town where he was being fed by other people. So he didn't have to go in that box trap. He right. could find food anywhere. So I had to set up the Missy for him. Things they can do that can actually end up making the trapping process worse, such as trying to catch the dog or, you know what I mean? Like trying to lure it with food and then put a leash over it. Like you're going to teach the dog to be more suspicious of attempts like that. Does that make sense? No, you lost me. <laughs> I think a lot of times the dogs that end up in the shelter, people have tried to catch them using food and a leash. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're not successful usually, but you can kind of tell them the dog gets very suspicious of people with food in their hands. Yes. And so that actually makes my job a little harder, right? Because then right. they're suspicious of people. And yeah. they think people are not trustworthy because they've tried to trick them. Uh-huh. So I was curious if there's things people try to do that can actually hinder the trapping process like that. No, the only thing that they do that will hinder it is just feeding the dog. You yeah. know, that's that's the worst thing. That's the thing that'll hinder it. Also, just everyone wants to be the hero. Everyone wants to be the one that's gonna catch that dog. So they'll go out and, yeah, they'll have a leash in their hand and some treats and they'll try to, to trap it or try to catch it. And what they end up doing is they'll run it out of the area. That's the other thing, like with people that do foot searches, I don't I always agree with foot searches because you're out there in that area and you're looking for that dog, you're trampling around and you're scaring the dog out. So it's going to leave that area. So mm. that's what and if a lot of people go out and try to catch a dog is they will scare it enough to where it'll leave the area and you're you're back to square one again. Now you've got to look and see what where the dog is now. Right. Yeah. So what are some of the other weird things you've caught besides dogs? Oh, geez. A skunk. <laughs> the fox. That was with I, when I was with another um, some other people that I was trapping with. When I was trapping with them, we caught those. Um, me personally, since I've been on my own, 
just feral cats. Thank goodness. Um, I have not caught any wild animals. If you catch something like that, you can open it safely and let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The trap door comes up and then the back of my traps, the door will come up as well. So you can um, easily let them out. Also with the true catch traps, they have rings with the door. So if you're a little nervous trying to let an animal out, you can always roll the trap oh. with the in it. You can roll it over and the rings will release the door. So you could be very close to a vehicle or something that you could just jump in real quick once that door opens. Once the skunk comes out. <laughs> yeah, Nicole and, and Bryce had to let the skunk out. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't there. Anything else you can think of? I think that covered it. We covered um, food. Don't chase the dog. Don't call its name. Posters, flyers. I think, Julie, that's about it. I wouldn't say it's a terribly complicated process, but it takes a lot of patience. It and takes it a lot of patience. And also, it, I mean, it's not complicated. It's not hard. You just have to think like a dog. Right. You, know, you just have to think of what a dog would, would be thinking. It's not a lot of science to it. It's pretty simple. You know, when it gets down to it, dogs are really simple. Figure out the pattern, find out where the dog is. Mm -hmm. Everyone else to stop feeding it if it if they are. Yeah. And then start a feeding station. And then once the dog is going there, then you set the trap. Yeah. So you just want people to try and not stay away from the area. Don't. Don't feed it. Don't try and catch it. And what I tell people to do is just let the trap do its own thing. Don't intervene. Just let me set the trap and let me get the dog that way. And some people, I think, are old school as far as the traps. They think these are bad things, that it's terrible to trap a dog. I'd rather trap a dog than have it hit by a car. Yeah, or even try and catch it and then you risk getting bet. You yes. risk dog actually injuring itself more. These are not traps like they don't catch the leg or no. anything like that. The dog goes all the way in a, a basically a very secure crate and then the door shuts. So they're, yes. it'd be hard for them to seriously injure themselves. Like you said, they're not happy about it, but they're yeah. safe. <laughs> yeah. And even if they thrash around in there, which some do, that they'll thrash around, they can't hurt themselves. It's, yeah. It's basically just a, like you said, a real secure kennel. They can't, they can't hurt themselves and they can't break out of the trap. If you're trying to catch a dog, don't interfere with the trapping process. If, <laughs> if there's someone out there that knows what they're doing, let them do their job. Exactly. And yes. I, how many dogs have you trapped by now? Do you know? I don't. You know, last year I was going to be so diligent the first of the year to <laughs> trap of the dogs. Boy, off the top of my head, I'll bet I want to say a hundred. For a while there, it could be two or three dogs a week. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It got pretty busy then. Now, geez, I bet I've gone a couple of weeks and there's nothing. You know, there's no dogs. There's some I'm looking for, <laughs> but um, you know, I haven't had any sightings on them. So listen to the person that's trapped a hundred dogs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. I mean, I kind of run into that sometimes too, right? Like mm -hmm. people haven't rehabbed any feral dogs. But they know how to do it. <laughs> they don't want to take my advice. It's kind of funny. 
<laughs> well, we have a lady that has some boxers that she's surrendering to us. Oh, yeah? They're pretty feral. Um, one of them I've got in a foster now, and she's she's getting over her scared. The lady's got one that alligator rolls. Put a leash on it, it just rolls. We needed that for the workshop. That would have been a good demo. I know it. And I I hope to have him in foster by then. She's got a couple of them that would be perfect. All right, cool. Well, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Got it. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the podcast about how to trap lost dogs. I hope you enjoyed it and got some good insights. I wanted to give out information about Debbie's trapping business. The name is Dog Gone Canine Trapping, and canine is K9, the number, not spelt out. You can find her on Facebook. Her Venmo is at Debbie-Johnson-220. If you would like to donate to her cause of trapping dogs, she does a lot of this out of her own pocket and out of the goodness of her heart and like to support her in any way that I can. Thanks so much to Debbie. And I look forward to seeing her in Idaho in June for Living with Fearful Dogs workshop. If anyone is more interested about working with fearful and feral dogs and learning about how to help them, my website, fearfuldogtraining.com or feraldogtraining.com will lead you to options to learn more. Thanks for listening.